What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you are tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving this show some of your attention. If you are a return listener, you are literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's guest is Wes Patterson, a man on a mission to leave a massive positive mark on the world. Born and raised in the south side of Chicago, Wes has built himself up from nothing. While losing over 100 pounds, building multiple businesses from the ground up, and giving some of his time and energy to others so they too can accomplish their dreams, Wes is well on his way to accomplishing his mission. I'm super excited for all to hear this story, and I guarantee you, you will walk away from this conversation with a new outlook on your own life. So let's get right into it and give it up for Wes Patterson. What's up, Thrive Fam? It's CJ Finley here, back with another Thrive on Life podcast. On the other end of the internet right now, I have Mr. Wes Patterson checking in from Houston, Texas. How are you doing today, Wes? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How about yourself, CJ? Thank you for having me on. Hell yeah. I'm excited for this conversation. Our buddy Bobby connected us. You flew in mm-hmm. from, you're coming from Chicago, right? Chicago, Illinois, Chattown. <laughs> What's the weather like up there compared to here? Right now. Man, it's actually snowing right now, so I'm blessed. Blessed to be here. Hell yeah. You you came right at the right time. We're at like 85 now, but enough of the weather. Um, really looking forward to this conversation, and I just want to kick it off with what the heck brings you to Houston, Texas in the first place? What, what are you doing down here? And you're about to make your way to Austin. It's funny, man. Um, I linked up with Bobby through Instagram. He hit me up, really nice guy, because he was trying to promote his brand. So me and him was talking. He said, hey, I want to send you some clothes. You know, how much would you charge to promote it? You know, I gave him a price. We got to talking. After having a conversation with Bobby and seeing the good person that he is, when he sent the clothes and how dope his jogger fit is, it's like amazing. I couldn't charge him because his personality, he's a person that's trying to grow because I'm a business owner. He is too. And he's just so positive. So I hit him back and I said, hey, like, I'm not even going to charge you. Let's just think of a partnership. After that, man, me and him has been like, God damn, they're best friends, you know? So I met him through Instagram. Now me and him partnered up to help promote his brand and he's helping promote my brand. Awesome. Man, there's a million ways I can go with this. So before we get into kind of your side of things, um, I'd love to shout out Bobby and spotlight his brand a little bit because that's what Thrive is all about is helping mission-based people, brands, businesses thrive. Um, and mm-hmm. he's been here at the studio before. So tell us a little bit about what you guys are working on. So Bobby's brand is Mirror House, and mm-hmm. I don't really know much about it from obviously you have a little bit of behind the scenes access. So what are you guys cooking up right now? Man, Bobby Mirror House is about to have a huge drop, man. I don't, I can't say too much, but I'm going to say this. The new clothing line that he's coming out with that's about to drop is amazing. So what we're doing, I'm actually going to go over there. We're going to do a couple photo shoots with the new gear. We're going to do a couple action shots. We're going to do a video. Actually, the video is actually going to describe his mission of what he's trying to do, his purpose and what he's trying to put out there by him providing value through his brand. So this is going to be 
shot. This is going to be blowout, man. I'm telling you. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So again, shout out Bobby, Mirror House. Stay tuned for what they're dropping. But let's kick it in a, a little bit of overdrive right now. Wes, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where were you born uh, and raised? And then, yeah, you and me have kind of a familiarity where fitness changed our life. So I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing where that kind of fits in your story. Yeah, sure, man. I'm born and raised in Chicago, south side of Chicago. And, um, you know, as far as my journey, man, I was overweight all my life since I was younger, man. My little brothers and sisters, I mean, my little brother and my, my big brother and sister, I used to be so jealous of them because they always had like, they was always small or they was always skinny. I was just always big, never understood it. But um, it played into a role of when I was coming up, kids can be a little harsh. So I was always made fun of coming up. I was made fun of since grammar school, high school, and even college, and then even into my adult life. And it bothered me. So one of my things that kind of took that out of my head was being successful because I was always smart. I was always smart in school. I was always smart in college. So I said, you know what? I'm going to use intelligence to actually just become something in this world. I'm gonna be super successful, I'm not gonna think about it, but let's be realistic. When you're not happy with yourself, when you look in the mirror and you're not happy with what you're looking at, you will never be able to bypass that, no matter what, because it's always gonna be stuck there. And then long story short, you know, I end up meeting somebody and I thought that this person was gonna be the one, even have a child with them. Um, long story short, didn't work out. And there, when I asked, why? Because I basically asked why. I want to know. The response was, I was too big. I got too big and I'm not attracted. They're not attracted to me. So after that, it haunted me because then it went back to what I just told you, my childhood. So I said, you know what? I sat and had a like really dark moment, man. And I was thinking like, you know what, Wes, you're not going to go nowhere in life, actually, if you don't take care of this. You don't like it. People are telling you about it. They're reminding you. So in 2014, I took it into my own hands and actually got me a coach and actually let him mentor me, follow everything he said, because I said, once I get rid of this insecurity, I'm going to be, this is going to be the best version of Wes. And a success, I actually lost 100 pounds in 2014. And it changed my life. I became a better wow. man, better father, and a better, better business owner. So I opened up a valet company in 2012. I was still overweight at the time. But it's funny, man, by me owning that business and still had that insecurity, I was doing pretty well, but I was insecure, man. I was going to business meetings and I was looking at my suits. They were super like big on me and tight. So it, it always bothered me within business as well. And what's crazy is when I lost all that weight, you wouldn't believe how confident I was. I started walking into these corporate meetings and I'm like, boom, pointing at this is what we're going to do. I had my board and I was glowing. I was on fire because I liked how I looked. I felt confident. So I believe, not believe, I know for a fact, confidence play a big role in anybody's life. Doesn't matter what career field you're in because I dominated when I lost all that weight. I went from one location to three locations all within that year of 2014 when I lost the weight. That's amazing. That's a hell of a story. Something I want to kind of dive into a little bit before you get on this next uh, path is the point of inflection of you actually changing yourself. And I think a lot of people, what they do is they struggle to actually get to that point of inflection. And I'd love for you to kind of give some tips to some people on how do you think somebody can force that point of inflection? Because it's one thing to go through the pain like yourself, like you did. And for me, it was 
it was the opposite. Like I was the skinny kid. I was a kid that got picked on and things like that. And they called me squirrel, like, because I was just a little squirrely kid, but it could have been way worse. And I look at it like that, but I eventually reached this point of inflection in sports where like, I was tired of getting like beat up on the, on the playing field. I played collegiate soccer and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on like 40 pounds. The pain was enough for me to actually take the action. But what would you tell people out there that might be in this point where they're overweight or they're underweight and maybe they didn't have as bad of a pain as you did or I did, but they still want to make a change. What, what kind of tips would you give to that person to kind of get their ass in gear? Um, this is great. I, I like this question. Um, here's one tip, you know, no matter what, and now that I know this because I'm older now, back then I really didn't know it. Always love yourself no matter what, what we're going to. Yes, we have our insecurities, but loving ourselves first is going to take us to the next level. It's going to get us there. And then another tip is that you truly have to actually want it for yourself. I recommend anybody that's watching this or listening to this to actually make a vision board. I made a vision board in 2014. And then once you create the vision board of all the things you want to do in life, including fitness, it's going to actually give you that leverage because now you have somewhere you're looking towards to. You have a plan now. And we all know without a plan, you won't go anywhere. You're just out there guessing. So start strategizing what you want to do to achieve your goals. That's going to make you feel more confident. That's going to make you feel more better. Seek for help as well. When it comes to fitness and whoever overweight or skinny, this is a science. This is anatomy. None of us will try to figure it out ourselves. I tried it two years before I met my mentor, wasted a whole two years because this science, you can't cheat the science. You can't cheat the system. So I would tell anybody that's skinny, fat, you want to lose weight, you want to gain muscle, seek help or get the knowledge to actually do it. But number one, have a plan first. Have a plan. Look at yourself and say, what do I want to do? What goals do I really want to achieve? Realistically, though, because I can get on Instagram and I can see somebody, I can be overweight and I can see somebody totally 4% body fat, muscles, shoulders. But realistically, am I going to go that route? You have to look and see what you're trying to achieve with your body, with your life, your career first is all about you because we shouldn't really idolize too many people. So look at yourself and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Start off with small goals as well. For a person that's trying to put on muscle, like you said, you were skinny. Small goals count as well. So start off, okay, this month or eight weeks, I'm going to do 10 pounds. And then see how you feel. Guarantee once you gain 10 pounds, how much you want to bet you be fucking motivated? How much you want to bet you be like, damn, and now that spark, I'm going to keep going. Say if a person want to lose weight. And then within a month or eight weeks, they lose 15 pounds. Oh, shit. Now their pants is fitting different. Now that motivation going to keep going up. That's why slow but steady. Make small goals first, and then small goals are going to turn into big achievements. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think what it all stems down to and what you got my head spinning is like reducing the ego. When you talk about like loving yourself, reducing the ego to stop looking at like, what do I want from life? Like, oh, I want that flashy car. I want to look like that other person, or I want to be this kind of like caricature rather than really looking in the mirror and loving yourself from the start and saying like, what do I have to work with right now? And then how can I break that down and just build some momentum? So if you're like a hundred pounds overweight, like 
the first step to losing a hundred pounds is losing one pound and then cheering yourself on to lose two pounds and then three. And that's really, I, I love how you broke that down because for myself, even for gaining muscle and, and getting stronger, it never was about a number and more about a process to it of mm -hmm. like is okay, this process of getting better sleep and drinking more water and focusing on the gym for two hours, like actually improved all the other areas of my life. And what I started realizing was the confidence that you started mentioning, like in the boardroom and in the business. And I think a lot of people just, it's hard to kind of teach that until you feel it yourself. So I'd love to know a little bit of what was your process throughout losing the hundred pounds? What did your days actually look like? Because I think a lot of people, what, they, what really happens in, in today's world with Instagram and social media is they get lost in the process. Like people are like, eat keto, eat carnivore, eat, be vegan, do these different things. Like there's so much information out there, but for you, what did your process look like? And what do you think are some of the staples that actually helped you reach that pinnacle of losing that hundred pounds? Okay, great question. So my process, the good thing is at that time in 2014, I really wasn't active at all on social media because once again, I was overweight and I was with my coach. So the process was he gave me a nutrition program that I had to follow, which was very, very tough because I'm looking at the foods that he has on his list compared to the foods that I had on my list that I was eating. And it was totally different. You know, I'm like, wow, eating healthy looks very, very boring. You know, grilled chicken, broccoli and rice and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, compared to Burger King, White Castle's pizza and whatever else I want to eat. So by looking at the program that I had, and then I met with him actually every day at 3.30 to train. So my process was, okay, wake up in the morning, eat my breakfast that he has scheduled, my lunch that he has scheduled, you know, do my work because I still own the business and meet up with him at 3.30. We trained. And then after that, I went home, eat my meals and make sure I calculated everything. So my life was pretty born through that process, that process actually, because I was really sticking to the plan. I was going to work, running my business. I was with my daughter on certain days and I was with him training and making sure going over my nutrition programs. I lost a lot of friends through this journey because I couldn't go to the clubs like I wanted to. I couldn't drink. You know what I mean? I really had to stay focused. And to me personally, the people that you're going to lose people throughout your journey, that's just not even with fitness. That's just period. Because people want to do things that you can't do because you're locked in on something else. I was locked in on losing this weight. There was no way in the world nobody was going to say no fat jokes to me anymore in 2014. I'm like, this is done because I know for a fact when I achieve this goal, and I wouldn't even think, honestly, man, how I'm looking now. I was not envisioning this. I did not think I was going to look like this. I was just happy of losing weight. I just wanted the weight off. So I was going to do anything to get it done. So my life was a, was really in a rock. I was literally locked in. I didn't do nothing else for them six months, you know, and it paid off, man. That was my schedule. And I tell anybody, as far as the process, it is a process. It's not just like you're going to wake up and do it in one month, you know, and uh, do it in three weeks. No, this is a lifestyle. And I think, not think, the reason why I became successful at achieving my goal is because I made it into a lifestyle instead of just looking, like you said, at a number. Instead of you just saying like, oh, I want to get this. I want to be this. I want to look like this. I want to. No, 
once you make it into a legit lifestyle like this, you're going to fit this regimen in your schedule, no matter what, work, kids, whatever, this workout, this whatever you got going on, this is going to be a part of my life. When I made it into a lifestyle, it was game over. It was game over. Hell yeah. So the the first thing that comes to mind is your ability to kind of submit to the plan. And even before we were hopping on uh, the podcast, we we're talking about like kind of alluding to a dream without a plan is just a wish. That's kind of like you were talking about uh, having a plan. And that's what it reminded me of that saying. Where was that instilled in you? Because obviously throughout your life, a lot of people don't have the discipline to just submit to that plan. So it looks like you had already started a business. So obviously you you knew entrepreneurial endeavors, you knew the discipline it took there, but did that stem from your childhood or uh, your teenage years? The only reason I'm asking is because a lot of our audience, maybe they're in the corporate world right now and they want to get a new job, or maybe they want to lose or gain some weight, or maybe they want to start a side project. And we tend to forget like some of the little innate things that not necessarily were born into us, but like as kids, we already were doing. And for me, like I was already doing entrepreneurial things as a kid, babysitting, shoveling snow, doing grass, like all those things. And I didn't realize until older, until I was older that, wow, I was already doing the process just 20 years ago. I just didn't understand it. So for you, for submitting to that plan and like really giving 150% for those six months to really change your life, which ultimately sacrificed six months to then live as if you could never live b before for the rest of your life. But most people struggle for those six months to actually, the word is commit is what I'm looking for right now. Where'd that commitment come from or stem from in you? Okay. Everybody that's watching, this is going to blow. So here's the thing. This is how it all transpired as far as business, as far as fitness. This is how it transpired. So growing up, I told you I'm from Chicago on the south side. If you heard anything about Chicago on the south side, it is nothing good. You see, you probably seen it on the news all the time. I lived in the worst area, believe it or not. Me, my brothers, my sister, we really went through a lot. We, when we was coming up, we didn't have it all, honestly. My father had left uh, at a young, not a super young age, some, somewhat towards my teens, you know, so my mom pretty much raised us and we didn't have anything. We didn't really have what kids have. You know, we struggled financially. It was times, man, we didn't have like heat. It was time we we had a, a really messed up uh, roof over our house. So whenever it rained, we had to put like pots and pans everywhere. You know, when the heat got cut off, it was super cold. We had space heaters everywhere. My mom worked, but she had four kids. She didn't have a six figure pan job. You know what I'm saying? It was so it was so bad, man. It gets to me talking about this. But like me and my big brother really had to take care of my brother and sister. Like sometimes we didn't have my mom didn't have any money to get any food. So in the wintertime, man, we had to go shoveling for money to actually feed my little brother and my sister and get my mom like gas money to help pay bills. So I'm talking about the struggle is real, man. Like I went through things where the neighborhood was so bad, man. I had to join a gang to actually make sure nobody messed with my brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? I had to do things. I even been locked up before. You know what I'm saying? Went through some real bad things in my life coming up were really motivated me to become something. And my second year of college, you know, my mom was struggling again. She couldn't really pay the bills and like late behind mortgages at a point where she was going to lose the house. 
So I left my sophomore year to get a job doing valet parking. This way it comes into me opening up a valet company. This was going to allow me to help my mom out. So at that time working, I was helping her pay some bills. So this what really sparked it. I think it was in actually, um, it was in 2009. My mom, my sister was getting ready to go on prom. Now here's the thing. My mom didn't tell us this until we was grown, but she missed mortgage payments just to make sure we went to prom. She did it for me. She did it for my sister. She did it for my little brother. That came from the heart, but she didn't tell us she wasn't paying a mortgage though. You know how that goes. So push come to shove, I'm working, and I guess she missed a mortgage payment, and basically we was going to have to be out of the house within a week. So, you know, we all didn't have the money. Me and my big brother was the only ones working. I think the payment was like $5,000. <laughs> Coming from the South Side, that's money we don't have. So we had to pull some strings, and I actually had to borrow some money from my current boss, you know, and I was dead honest with him and said, hey, man, like, I'm going to have to quit if we get kicked out of our house. If you let me borrow this money, I pay it back with interest. You can keep my checks and I'll give you money off my tips. I kept my word like a man. He gave me the check. We paid the mortgage. So after that, it inspired me. I said, look, my mom took sacrifices for us to go on prom, to see our kids smile, to actually bust her ass at work just to get the money to do this. So what can I do for my mom? I can one day help pay her mortgage. Well, I told you, man, in school, I was always smart. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to open up a business. God worked in mysterious ways, man. That company, I got promoted because I was doing, the, I was like the best one in the company. They paid for me to go to Robert Morris to get my business degree. It was game over then. When I got my business degree, I actually knew everything about business, numbers. I was always a sponge in school. People can make fun of me all they want, but I was a sponge in school. So when I walked out of that with that degree out of college, I was like, it's game over. It's game over. Um, fast forward, uh, the company, I grew the company. I actually got five locations for the company, made the total of $62,000. After that, I asked the company I want to buy in and become a partner. Didn't work. I guess they didn't want to bring me in. So throughout that time, with my salary and bonuses or whatever, I was saving up money because I said, just in case they don't want me to buy in, I'm going to open up my own company. So asked them for like the third, fourth time. They kept giving me the run around. And then finally, I resigned in 2011, which my daughter was born. That was even more motivation because now I have a little one. So I said, damn, I want to take care of my mom, my family, and my daughter. I have to be consistent. So that was one of the biggest motivations over everything. Actually, even over like my, my family, family, because this is my blood. This is my seed. So after that, I pulled some strings. I took I had, I'm, I'm going to say it on this call, I had a total of $40,000 in my account to my name. And I took every penny of it and started my valet company in 2012. Took a gamble, huge gamble, because we all know it, if it didn't work out, that's just a loss. Took the 40 grand, opened up a business. I already had stuff lined up as far as accounts because everybody knew me downtown in Chicago. So I sent out some emails, did some meetings, landed my first account. I had actually, it was so motivating. Uh, when I left the previous company, a lot of people was upset, even like the employees, because I, you know, I supervised everybody. So I picked out a, two people, two people that was really close to me and gave them the heads up. Hey, I'm leaving, but you make $7 an hour over here. You come with me, you will make $16. 
And I brought two people aboard and the rest I had worked a shitload of hours every day just to build my company. And after that, I currently now pay my mom mortgage. <laughs> so yeah, man, that's that's what happened, man. I, like I said, a rough background, but my goal was my family. My why is my family. My, my, my why is very strong. And I tell people out there that's listening, man, if you don't have a why, you're going to be lost. That's my why, my daughter, my family, and myself. I want to drive with as I'm able to take care of my little ones, my, my little one, and my family. That's all I want to do, man. That's all I want to do. And, and, and then, of course, I want to inspire the youth. I want to inspire everybody, like you just said, that want to open up a business. Man, it's possible. You're talking about somebody that was pretty much poor, didn't have anything. And now I'm in a financial position that I can get out here and fly to Texas. I can go to California, paying my mom mortgage, helping her get a car. You know what I'm saying? My big brother works for me currently. You know what I mean? My, like I'm taking care of my sister's husband works for me right now. And I have two nieces. So by him working for me, I'm feeding my nieces. I'm doing exactly what my wife says, take care of my family. You know, so everybody that's watching, man, anything is possible. Don't let that excuse where you came from. Oh, I came from a bad neighborhood. I came from a bad neighborhood. It's no excuses. It's all the drives. It's all within you. So that's the story behind that, CJ. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Wes. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Wes Patterson. This has me so fired up, man, Wes. Thank you. First off, Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that like getting vulnerable and stuff like that isn't always the easiest. Um, and thinking back to times that weren't as well off as they are for you right now. But for anybody listening, that is an extremely powerful story. And I love how you talked about, I think what it comes down to is always focusing on the potential of things rather than the immediate moment and something in you made you realize that you had this God-given potential and it's awesome to see you kind of going after that. And then obviously inspiring other people to do the same thing as well. But I'm a super nerdy guy when it comes to business and the fact that you've kind of taken this come from nothing story into running a valet business and now you're into fitness. So you're turning more into a serial entrepreneur, which is really what I love about the entrepreneurial world is like, you can make a business out of anything, but I'd love mm -hmm. to know is a two part question. 
where is your valet business at like today? Cause you mentioned like some of your family is working with you and for you. And then obviously like you have your fitness side. So a lot of questions I get on the daily is like, how do you manage all these different things? Because I'm partnered in multiple businesses and it's nice to hear somebody else that kind of has two very different things. So just from one guy to another, I'd love to know kind of how you separate your days and, and what does that look like? And where's that one business at today versus what you're trying to do with fitness? Awesome question, CJ. I love your question. So here's the thing. Valet Park and I got three locations. If you build it, just if you build any business up when you have employees, it's going to take some time, but it's eventually going to start running like a McDonald's. It's going to run on its own and all you're going to do is check in. It took me years. It really took me up to last year to really being comfortable with walking away and letting it run on its own. Now, of course, I got somebody trustworthy that is the highest on payroll that's there looking over everything and only just sends me updates and texts and I check in with him. But my business right now is in Chicago, my valet company. All three locations are within downtown area. And right now it currently runs on its own. I finally built a good staff, whereas everybody knows their role. Everybody know what to do. Everybody know the check-in. Everybody know the procedures. Now, don't get me wrong. I run it from remote. So I'm calling, I'm checking, I'm checking on a main head. You're always going to have a main heads that report to you and tell you everything. And one of them guys is the guy that I told you I took from the last company. He checks in with me, gives me a call, gives me updates on inventory, everything through a text. You know, and through a phone call. So right now, I remember I, had, I told you I worked damn near 16 hours and more every single day because I really didn't have, I would say, a committed staff. I was firing people. People was just like, no call, no show. It was hell. All the things you heard in business coming up is facts. You know, so I had to work a lot. Then I really started to say, I need to really invest more into the people that I bring along in my business. Instead of just interviewing somebody and you got a great resume, okay, you're hired. No, 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 no. This time I was going deeper into it, getting to know the person, looking at them, feeling the vibe. Once I started doing that and just taking my time instead of like trying to hurry up and staff all the locations, I really started to win because I started to bring people on that really wanted a future, that really wanted to build with the company. Because I'm a dude that's like, hey, I worked in the field. I was an employee. So I'm nowhere near going to treat people like I was treated. Like I give really big bonuses. I don't do 25 cent raises. I do a dollar, two dollars. What I invest in my business, my employees, everything. Even if it cuts into my profits at the end of the year, I invest into them because I know for a fact, if I invest into my staff, make them happy, help them out with their families, like I pay them early, pay them a week early that damn near every month because I know how it is with people with kids, people with bills and stuff like that. If I invest into my staff, I'm able to build more. I'm able to build my fitness business because I'm not going to be there as much. So that was one of the biggest things for me is to actually build the business where it can run on its own. Now I'm trickling into the fitness business. I can focus more on that. And this is more remote as well because it's me. My fitness business is West. Quick Fitness is me and it's no staff. That's the difference between the fitness and the corporate America. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. Like the, the name of my company is called Precise Personnel Solutions. I named it Precise 
because I want precise. I want to be precise on everything. And then the P, my last name is Patterson. That's why I have to line stuff up with P. So precise wouldn't be anything without me. If your company won't grow without you, you know that you're an entrepreneur. So it's the same thing. You know, all that work that we put in to make sure our business grow is off our efforts. You know what I'm saying? So now that my business is running like a McDonald's, I'm able to focus more on now growing my fitness business and try to get it to the same numbers or more as my valet company. Man, Wes, you're dropping some bombs in the business world. People need to be taking some notes on everything you're saying because everything you've learned and it's cool to hear is kind of just from, sounds like from doing, like being in the thick of it. And that's what a lot of people, they don't understand that that's the best teacher. Like just get into work and and learning. And most people want to just pay somebody to teach them to get the certificate. Rather, you're learning as you're going. But you also mentioned a mentor. And where my mind goes is like, wow, there's some really powerful business tips that you are giving. But even more so, just lifestyle tips, how you're talking about treating people the way you wish you would be treated as an employee. So you know what it's like to be that employee. So giving those bonuses and you knew when you were an employee where that bonus was going was into your family and into paying for food and things like that. So if you never forget that as you're raising up the ranks, that little lesson right there, like, man, a certificate never will teach you that. So no. yeah, it'll never teach you that. And I just love hearing that. I'm just voicing that so that people can, can really soak that in because my road is a lot different from yours. And that's why I love having conversations like this. I can't, can't imagine putting pots and pans and stuff like that under your roof. And it's crazy because in Texas, we just had this winter storm and I like knocked out our water and my water heater burst. And it was like really a good moment to realize like how fortunate we really are. But a lot of people out there, especially in today's world, are complaining about little things. And if you hear Wes's story right now, it's just like, man, if this man can do it, like anybody can do it. But I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about, are you reading any books or what type of mentors do you look up to or what podcasts do you listen to? Where else are you seeking business knowledge outside of like just doing? Because if somebody is like, has a full-time nine to five right now, and they want to learn how to kind of get into the business world, what would kind of be the fast track to learning how to kind of jump ship and, and get right into it? So number one, I, I do have mentors. I did have mentor, mentors coming up in the business world. Luckily, I knew a couple successful um, business owners that was like blowing out of this mind, like seven figures and up, and actually coming to them as for advice and them sitting down teaching me stuff as well. I never pretend like I got it on my own and a certificate definitely didn't like give me all of this knowledge. So learning from uh, entrepreneurs that's way more successful than me, that really helped me grow because you already knew that they went through their ups and downs. And now that they're successful, I want to pick their brains and say, okay, please tell me your, your, your ups and downs. Tell me your downs first, which they did. And then tell me, what did you do to, to jump over them speed humps to get where you at. And they broke all of this stuff down. I'm always picking brains of successful business owners, even people that wasn't successful. Maybe their business didn't thrive. Maybe it closed. 
I still want to pick their brain as well and figure out what happened, what they did wrong, if they're willing to share that with me. So it's always good to actually get a side of both worlds. Just don't go after seeking knowledge from just successful business owners. You do want to talk to the people that's in the middle or talk to the people who probably didn't, you know, business wasn't that successful and they're willing to share to you why it wasn't successful, because then you will grow even more and you won't make the same mistakes. Here's a book. This is the name of this book that everybody needs to order. It's called A Successful Entrepreneur. I've read a lot of books. That is the best book ever because it's going to help you with all trades. Doesn't matter what you in. And I guarantee you, when you read probably up to chapter three, you will not put that book down. You'll probably turn your phone off. You'll probably get off work or whatever you're doing and run home and read that book. A Successful Entrepreneur. Everybody get that book ASAP because I read it twice. And you think you, th you think I, I dropped some nuggets. That book just drops like the whole game plan, period. You can read that book more than once. And I guarantee you're going to be powerful. You're going to be you're going to be ahead of the game. I would say that even if you're not an entrepreneur yet, you read that book, you're going to start heading to that entrepreneurial level, though. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So for a fact, I do currently still have business mentors that I reach up to and I look up to and I always ask them for questions. I go through things in business, man. Everything will not, it won't go successful all the time. I just terminated an employee maybe three weeks ago and I had to fill that seat. I had to make sure that seat is filled. So business will never just go 100% smooth, especially dealing with other human beings. I'm in the customer service field. So I'm dealing with people, cars, I'm meeting new people every day. And I don't never look at employees as employees as in social security numbers like most big corporations. These people are human beings. They have families. They have emotions. Things can happen. So as an entrepreneur, people only look at the money side of it. That's the problem. They just think, you no, you're actually taking on more responsibilities than being a regular employee because you are the face of the company. If something happened, you got to deal with it. If something happened, somebody, God forbid, one of your employees get hurt at work, guess who got to deal with it? So you're overseeing everything. You're taking full responsibilities on everything. And don't think, some people think this, CJ, and I'm sure you, people say this to you as well. Being an entrepreneur is just like, you don't, you don't work as much, quote unquote. You have this free schedule, quote unquote, all this stuff, no. You work every day. I work every single day. Just because I'm not on the site doesn't mean I'm working. I'm always, look, I'm on a call with you. This is considered working for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm on doing emails. I'm typing up PDFs, invoices, day in and day out. I mean, being a regular employee, actually, when I used to work for my, my last company, I worked less. I did the whole nine to five and I went home. <laughs> being an entrepreneur, you're working 24-7. And the reason why you're working 24-7, because you want to be successful. You, you're fighting for that financial freedom. That's what I'm fighting for. I want to be able to retire my mom, and I'm going to make it happen. Just like I said, I was going to pay her mortgage one day. I'm going to make my mom retire. I'm going to buy her a house, and I'm going to take care of my family, and I'm going to be able to share my story on one of the largest platforms, just not on Instagram. I'm going to be able to share it on TV for the youth can see exactly where I came from because the youth is everything. They're, they're, they're going to run the world when me and you are old. You know, so I want to make sure I put them in the right position to take over the right way and not make the same mistakes as I did. So that's one of my biggest goals is providing value 
to everybody with my story and with my knowledge. If you be selfish with your value, the universe will not work for you. So that is my biggest thing is to make sure I'm providing value out here. And that's what I want to do every day. You know, you feel me, CJ? I feel you. And I love how you talk about the youth. There's a couple of things in there that, that really hit home with me. I'm actually, I facilitate teen entrepreneurship right now in one of the, the companies I work with. And uh, we're always looking for guest speakers and stuff. So sidebar, um, I'll probably re- be reaching out to you this summer to come through and chat with our teens and give a little bit of your backstory because it can inspire them. But something you said really kind of piqued my interest and it's not heard often because when most people ask about mentors and like books and who do you look up to and stuff like that, most people are name dropping and throwing these different people out there. But what you mentioned about learning from the entire spectrum where it's, you don't just look at the super successful people, you're also looking at like who failed and what can you learn from them? That's the separating factor, which I've realized is because the saying always goes like we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. Because when you fail, you have to go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, what did I do wrong? Now, a lot of people are so afraid of failure that they don't even start in the beginning. So I want to dive down that rabbit hole a little bit and be like, were you ever afraid doing any of these things? What were some of your fears like in the valet business and the fitness business? It can't just be all peaches and cream. Um, and I know this because it may seem like I just have shit figured out, but it's far from the truth. Like I'm, it's mostly winging it every day and just trying to get better at winging it every day um, and reducing that ego and just soaking up like a sponge, like you said. But what were some of your fears going into the businesses that you kind of sprouted up and now are starting to thrive? Yeah, man. One of my biggest fears, man, when I took out that $30,000 and I invested in it to my valet company and I was saying, man, what happened if I don't make it, man? Like that means I could have took that 30K and just invested into my mom and my family and just put us like a little head. But I took the whole chunk and just invested it. So I took it up, took a large gamble. And what happened if I fall right on my ass, man? Like I'm not only letting myself down. I told you in 2011, I had a kid. I had a daughter. So I'm letting her down more than anything. So I was like, man, what happened? I get out here and I don't get the locations that I want. What happened like in valet parking, all it takes is a couple accidents. The insurance is going to bury you. That's how most valet companies shut down. It's not that they don't have the sites. It's the accidents that really kill them. So I was thinking, just think about it. Yes, I know I can drive. I can park. But when you hire people, they make mistakes. I have people that make mistakes and dinged up a car or whatnot. So like, what would happen if I hire some people and they ding up cars? What would happen if I hire some people and they, 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 matter of fact, I'm going to actually share this story. Speaking of being fear, like this is going to me putting myself out there again, man. One of my first, one of my uh, newest employees was when in 2012 and opening my company was my father. And guess what? I had to fire my father. I told you that I really didn't grow up with him and really didn't get along with him as much. But as you get older, you know, that's your parent and you actually want to forgive. I'm all, I'm a big, big person of forgiving, man. Cause that's in the scripture. So my dad didn't have anything. He was just like us, didn't have nothing, basically just living on somebody's couch. So I said, you know what? My mom kind of convinced me, Hey, give your dad another chance. Yeah. I gave my dad another chance thinking like, you know what, now you can work for your son. You would think that he'd be happy that his son opened up a business. Long story short, uh, one of my locations is connected to a sushi restaurant and my dad has an alcohol problem. And um, 
you know, we had the key to the restaurant. I think you know where this story is going. My dad worked the night shift. And long story short, he went in there and stole a whole bunch of alcohol bottles. Now, here's what this is what put me on the fence right here. That location where he did that at is the highest paid location. It's one of the locations that I get a big profit from. So turns out, of course, the restaurant owner comes in there. He files a complaint that somebody broke into his restaurant. Now, it is surveillance in there as well. We, we are in control. I'm in control of the surveillance. So I'm like, oh, man, that's so sad. Let me uh, get the surveillance. So just imagine me, CJ. I open up the surveillance and you look at the character that's breaking into the restaurant and it's your own father. <laughs> so push come to show, we go to surveillance and then I notice it was him. I couldn't hide it because then I would get in trouble. So the restaurant owner, you know, of course, he already called the police. He's getting everything done. And I came up to him and I said, hey, you know what? person that broke into your restaurant is my dad. So that was the hardest thing in the world to actually say. So luckily the restaurant owners, oh man, damn, sorry to hear that. You know, I won't press charges. You know, I just want you to reimburse me for the bottles. So not only that, that got reimbursed, but now I have to face board members. Board members of a condo association, they the ones who hired me. They the ones who controls the contract. So they knew about the situation. So imagine me have to stand up in front of seven board members and break down the story and tell them, hey, and by the way, one of my employees broke into the restaurant, which is my father. Not only could I lost my whole account, I could have lost my contract because think about if you're a board member, CJ, you're not going to trust a company that's breaking in people's restaurants. So luckily, I already built up a name and a reputation. They felt super bad. I fired them and then we kept going. But that's one of the fears right there is because your business, you're trusting people when you're not there and they're working. And then they can cause you to lose your account. They can hurt somebody. They can do whatever. So all my fears as being a business owner was failing. It was failing. And in the beginning, it was, you know, but here's the motivation right here just to actually clear up that 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 incident. As I got older, and it says this in the book and a lot of other books, as you get older and you continue to grow as being a business owner, you really, your fears start to leave because you start really believing into yourself and your ability to grow that company. And you know for a fact in the back of your mind that it's not going to be peaches and cream. It's going to be the ups and downs. And then once you accept that, it is game over. And now I'm putting all of my efforts. I'm going all in. I'm stepping in front of executive at the executive at executive. And they're going to know who I am. They're going to know who Wes Patterson is. And when I get done with that meeting, they're either going to sign me, they're going to be motivated, or they're just going to go to the next person. But that's the type of energy I bring now to these meetings. This is the type any any business negotiation that I go through, whether it's even with fitness, when I'm going through contracts as far as supplements, yo, we're going to talk. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do and what I can do for you as a brand, as a company, as a partnership. And I'm going to make sure that you know that you want me on your team. You want me to run your location. And once you have that confidence of knowing who you are and what you provide, it is game over as an entrepreneur. You're going to just consistently win. <laughs> Look out, world. You have, you, man, you have me ready to run through a brick wall right now. Like, that's, a, <laughs> that's an unfortunate story, but it's a hell of a way to, to motivate you. And, and one of the things that I think the average person doesn't think about, especially in that position, it, it's hard enough that it was your dad and what you had to face, but even more so 
like to everyone else, it's just like, oh, just reimburse and and whatever. But for you, like you lose that account, how many mouths you're feeding. Like it's it's nice to hear someone talk about that because uh, a couple of my business partners, we do talk about that as well. And it's just like, as you get more employees and as you get more business partners, and it's just like, you literally have tentacles that are going out that are touching so many people and literally one person can mess up all of that. And unless you're at the top and you understand where it comes from, it's a very hard thing to kind of conceptualize. But I love your mentality of what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And that that way you can step into even more tougher decisions and build bigger things because, man, if, if something does crumble, there's no doubt in my mind that you're just going to start right from there and just keep going. And that's such an inspiring way to look at life. And it's exactly uh, the type of energy I love to bring on here. But we only have about like 10 more minutes and I'd love to kick it into where you're at right now and where you're looking to go. And the easiest way to do that is just you've built a couple things now and you're living a different lifestyle than you've obviously come up from. But what does success look like? Because the sky is the limit. You're really a limitless guy. It seems like that's kind of how you think. But where are you eyeing the next 5, 10, 20 years in your life? Like, What are some of the things that are really driving you and what do you hope to achieve now and in the future? This is an awesome question. I've been waiting on somebody to ask me this question. But Dude, from looking at from 10 to 15, 20, the future in general is that, number one, dude, I want to take care of my entire family. I want to be like the new Derrick Rose motivation. Like, I want to have my brother, my two brothers, my sister and my mom living in in a position where they really don't have to worry about anything. Not just saying I'm going to just take care of them financially. I want to take care of them where they can open up their own businesses. I want to take care of them where I can I can motivate and show them the right way how to open up their stuff and just live that life. I don't want my daughter to grow up in a struggle how I struggle. I don't want that, man. Like, I don't want her to grow up in these streets and be like, man, I wish I had that. I want her to look at me as her number one hero and say, that's my dad, man. My dad did this. This is why I have this. This is why I'm running his business now. I'm taking over. I want my daughter to take over my stuff or even if she want to run her own business. I want her to be nice and stable where she can have anything in life, education, whatever. I want her to have everything. I want to be able to not retire. I don't like the word retire because I feel like the the word retire just means you're just sitting there and you're just like, oh, I got money now. I can just relax. To me, you're not providing value anymore. You know, this world needs value. I'm going to continue to work. I want to get out here, man, and just talk to the youth, go to schools, talk to minorities, talk to everybody and show them, share them my story and tell them, yo, you can be whatever you want to be. That's a true statement. I've been hearing that since grammar school. And at first, I didn't believe it. You know why? Because we didn't have any motivators to come show us that it's possible. That's the problem with the schools nowadays. It's not enough motivators. So I want to come to schools, colleges. Yo, I want to be on everywhere. Like, I want to be that dude. People be like, oh, that West again. Like, I want to change the world. I want to be a part of that pie. Like, I want to impact the world. I want people to know who I am as a motivator. And I want my story to just travel, travel the world, man, travel to each city, state or whatever. Like, I want to be out here going on a tour of just motivating. I want to uplift the people that was bullied. I want to uplift the people that was poor, that didn't have nothing, that thought that they was cursed. I thought I was cursed growing up. 
I thought I was like, man, why do these people got Nikes on and Jordans? And why do I have to wear shoes from Payless? Why is it like this? You know, I want to like far as like the shelters, man, I want to help build shelters that's actually shelters that you can actually help people get jobs and get out of their situation to help with their with their drug uh, addiction or whatever. Like, let's talk about this. This people are not talking about. Like, I want to hit all of these sectors that people are not doing. We have millionaires and billionaires that's not doing this because so many people are just sucked up in their own little money in their world. They only think about their family alone. And to me, you're not providing enough value when you think that small. So I'm trying to do an overall package and get out here, man. And, and it's going to be tough. But best believe as the journey continues, I will have a team with me doing it. You know, I didn't met you. And look how look how this is going. Look at your story. You on the same drive. So what happened throughout the journey, you're going to meet people that's on the same level as you that want to do the same thing because you already know there's no I in team. I can't change the world by myself. I know that for a fact, but I can change it with people. I can impact. I might not be able to change the whole world, but I can in certain sectors and different cities around the global world. I can do some big impact with a group, though. So my overall goal, man, down the line is to really provide value to the entire world, man. You know, and thank God that social media, it, it allows you to touch everybody in the world, worldwide. That's how powerful the internet is. You know that. You know, some people, they know, unfortunately, they use it in a negative way. But in a positive way, you can touch so many people. You can grow so many people. So, like, that's my goal, man. It's like, I will shed tears the day that I think that I get, I got close to doing that. And I will, you know, one day, man, I will, man, I can care about, I can care less about fame. I say this to everybody, man, you ain't got to verify me. Hey, I'll be that dude, I'll be that dude donating large amounts of money and then make sure I tell the newscast anonymous. I don't want to be glorified for doing something good as far as with money just to get clout. I just, overall, I'm a good person and everything comes from the heart. So like I'm living out my passion through God, Yahweh. And he told me, I'm going to put you in a position where you're going to be able to help everybody. And there's no such thing as coincidences. I just told you where I grew up and how I grew up. And now, man, I'm sitting up here, moved out of the hood. I'm living like South Loop, downtown Chicago. Got a really nice condo. Got a really nice car. I'm financially good because I don't want to speak highly of myself for financial, but I'm financially good. Whereas I can do a lot. I take care of my mom. I can travel whenever I want to travel. I take care of my daughter. I am really, really good right now. And it's so scary to a person that used to be damn near poor and didn't have anything. So that's this is why I know ain't no such thing as coincidences, man. The universe works in a certain way. So I'm grateful, man. So my goal, my long-term goal, just to say it in one word, not one word, one sentence, change the world. That's the end goal. That's why I can see myself 10 to 15 years from now. You are speaking my language and it's nice to just hear somebody else dream that big. And it's a lot of people will have like a one liner where they already have their goals in their head. But when you dream in as big as you, you do, you don't know how you're going to get there. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but you can just feel it. It's more of a feeling than, than anything else. And that's why like behind me, it's kind of backwards right now, but it says fuel your passion because everybody that walks through here, all I really care about is if they leave my office, they feel better than when they walk through here. And it's all about, there's something that really stood out right there 
And that's like, it just, it doesn't have constraints of who you want to help and where you want to go and what you want to do. And I think a lot of people will shoot that down, but literally Thrive on Life started as, uh, I don't know how much you saw my account or anything but like that, but because uh, I know you're a busy dude, but really it started to just inspire people to dream bigger. And this whole office space, which definitely going to have to get you in here. I got a gym downstairs, so I'll have to get a lift in and a shoot. Oh, um, no, get yeah, I got all the cameras, all the stuff. It, it's, it's a fun time. And I just want to say thank you for sharing that because it reminds me to keep dreaming as big as I dream. And I'm looking forward to really collaborating with people like yourself. We have the saying, strive together, thrive together, and then also for the people. So those are two things that I have, I wear on my hats all the time and really just giving to give rather than giving to receive. And that's the thing that stood out to me the most, what you were just talking about right there, which was, I want to give and be the anonymous giver because I'm giving because I know this is going to help. And I knew that somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody helped me. So I'm just going to spread that wealth as they say. And I don't need that cloud. I don't need anybody to look at me and say, this guy did X, Y, Z, because you don't need that. That's not what makes it feel good. So I really appreciate you putting it into that kind of context, but we're getting close to wrapping up here. I just want to give you two to three minutes to kind of speak about your fitness brand. What do you do? Who do you work with? And that way, somebody that's listening and potentially wants to reach out to you could. So in two to three sentences, give, give a little bit of a rundown of what your fitness brand is, what you're working on, what type of clients you work with. And that way, somebody can get connected with you if they so choose. Got you, man. So if anybody, number one, want to get connected with me, my IG handle is Mr. Dot underscore Sir West. Anybody can reach out to me on there. And what I am, I'm a personal trainer. And I'm a nutritionist. So I do a lot of online coaching because of COVID. It kind of separated trainers from clients. No, don't nobody want to get sick. So I can still provide services to people online. That's what I've been doing. Helping people drop 15 to 20 pounds, 30 pounds. I'm doing that all online. I do uh, one month nutrition programs that I guide people through. I do training programs. As far as my brand, actually, I got a challenge going on. Registration has opened up yesterday and the challenge starts um, Friday. And what it is, it's a weight loss challenge. It's you versus you. It's called the quick cut challenge. You know, and I always say, man, you versus you, you're your own competition. And that's what I really want to spread in this challenge. It's an eight week challenge. And I'm going to be pushing and motivating people to achieve their goals within eight weeks. And then if you think about it within eight weeks, it'll be May. So it'll be pretty much summer. And you will have the body you want. But really the trick up my sleeve is to actually get people to make it into a lifestyle. That's my real goal because that's what I want to see. I don't want short-term goals, just have a body inside of the summer. I want you to have it long-term. And then as far as my brand, Quick, I know you're thinking like, why did this guy come up with Quick? Just to basically give a quick brief on it. In 2017, I started my first uh, bodybuilding journey. I was doing a bodybuilding show. We had to do a lot of cardio. It was a lot of cardio and I was dying sometimes. And I would be on the um, Stairmaster and I used to be looking at the clock and I just started to be 10 minutes in. I had to do 40 minutes. And I would say, Wes, you know, I just closed my eyes. I had my headphones in. I'm like, Wes, it's only a quick 40. It's only a quick 40, bro. Quick 40 minutes. It would be done. I said that every time in 2017 and it went viral. People just randomly started tagging me in different cities like quick 20, quick 50, quick 60. I didn't take nothing about it. I'm like, wow, I'm motivating people to get on the Stairmaster and do some cardio. Wow. So then after that, you know, that business mind kicked in. Why don't, why don't I just 
circle my brand around quick. Hmm, quick fitness. And what's so motivating, CJ, is, you know, I'm going to make this real short, is that I created, just think about it, I created a saying, which I applied on a hoodie, quick 40 minutes, quick 50, quick 60. People are so excited when they order that hoodie and they pit that quick 40 on, they're running to do the treadmill. They're running to do the cardio. What am I doing? I'm planting the seed with my brand to get people to get on a cardio machine to do cardio that's going to benefit their health. Can you believe that? And so that's the name of my brand. It's called Quick Fitness, Quick 30, Quick Pump, Quick Lift, whatever they put on. If they put a quick lift hoodie on, it's going to motivate them to run to the gym and get a quick lift in. If they get quick pump, it's going to motivate them to work out real hard where they got a good blood pump in their legs. And they say, I got a quick, quick pump. I got one that says quick 5K. What's going to happen? They're going to put the hoodie or shirt on. They're going to run three miles and say quick 5K. My brand is nothing but inspirational. It's just to motivate people to go after their fitness goals instead of just having some you know, Gucci, Louis Vuitton brand that don't motivate you to do nothing. You're just all fashy, fashy and spending thousands of dollars, but you're spending some money with me. And at the same time, you're hitting your goals. So that's the name of my brand. That's just, that's the name of my whole fitness thing is Quick Fitness. And I'm trying to make that go worldwide. And a lot of people support it. And that's what they call me. My nickname is Mr. Quick. <laughs> so that's my nickname. So that's my brand. I love it. <laughs> that's my brand, man. And and if anybody want to reach out, like I said, man, they can always reach out. And I can help you. I can help anybody achieve their goals. I can mentor them through it, even if they want to talk about business as well. You know, I'm kind of bringing, I'm actually building something around that as well. So a lot of big things coming, CJ. Heck yeah, man. You're, you're super motivational and this hour has flown by and I'm just so grateful that Bobby connected us and I got the time to spend some time with you and learn more about your story and looking forward really to, to getting this out into the world. But before we do that, I have one last question. I ask everybody, what does thriving mean to you? What does thriving mean? Oh man, thriving means everything. Thriving means that you're going to actually push and give it all your go to be what you want to be in life. Thriving is that you're just so motivated and inspired to go after your dreams in life. That's what thriving means. It means you're not stopping. That means you're just go, 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 go. There's no stopping. There's no breaks. Thriving is mean you're on an unlimited fire. That's what thriving means to me. Nothing can dim it. Nothing. Because you're just thriving throughout life towards your goals. That's thriving to me. <laughs> Let's go. And yeah, nobody can dim your light. It's something that no matter what happens, keep shining. That's something that I like to say. And you kind of reflected on that right there. And I love it. But at the end of every episode, I kind of reflect on like what my biggest takeaway was. And to be honest, you had so many kind of different stories in there that are super impactful. So it's kind of tough on this one, but what really hit home with me is when you said like, you want to, you want to impact the world and do it because you want to do it, not because of the fame or the fortune or anything that comes along with it. You see the bigger picture and it's really easy for people to do things when they want to do them or to do things when people are looking at them or watching them. Um, but it's very hard to do things when you got to do it when it's early in the morning, no one's watching. There is no fame. There's no fortune attached to it. And you take me as the guy that, man, just gets shit done and, and does it because he wants to impact the world and, and wants to kind of leave a legacy for his 
kid, his daughter, um, his family, and give other people opportunities. And that's really what I'm after. So it's it hits home so much where really I just want to give people opportunities to get their story out there and their missions out there. So potentially somebody else they could help and grant them opportunities because that's really what the world is about these days. The internet allows us to do so many cool things and connect with so many badass people. Um, and I'm just super grateful for your time. So before we kind of wrap up here, any last words? My last words to anybody is that's watching is to never give up on yourself. You know, keep pursuing your dreams, keep pursuing your goals in life and keep your faith high. Keep whatever you believe in, whatever your religion is, whatever. Keep your faith extremely high. And you're going to win. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, never give up. I love that, Wes. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Thrive on Life podcast. Until next time, y'all, this is CJ Finley. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.